everyone. Welcome to Fourth Wave Feminism, the podcast. I'm Sarah Gemitter. And I'm Jason Burkett. And today, we're talking about pornography. Feminism and pornography. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) I will say this, though. Uh, I'm actually pretty nervous to discuss this subject. Oh. Yes, because it's kind of personal. (laughs) What do you think? Sarah chose this topic. I did choose this topic. Because you and I have had discussions about this, and I think like some of our our really kind of grounding conversation that led to this podcast came from discussions that we had about pornography and women kissing and things like that. Yeah, you're right. So then I wanted to talk uh, a little bit about what the sort of what the standard feminist line on pornography is. And of course, it turns out that there is no standard feminist line on pornography. Thanks a lot, third wave feminism. <laughs> so there are kind of three different camps of views on pornography. And each camp... For ha- feminism. For feminism. Okay. Uh, and each camp has different spectrums within it. You right. know what I mean? It's, we're right. talking about spectrums, not boxes. But, and I think that you will be happy to know that two of the three are not anti-porn. All right. So the, this first uh, view of pornography is pornography is bad. It is... Uh, that's the anti-porn one. That's the anti-porn <laughs> one. It's, uh, the idea is like it's, it's all about male dominance over women. It turns them into sexual objects. Mm-hmm. It leads to violence against women. It's, it's a bad thing. There, and, and within that view, there's also this idea that not only are the women who are in the porn, whether it be pictures or uh, videos or whatever, not only are... Is that a form of sort of uh, domination and, and subjugation in the same way that the like looking at it is, but that the the pornography itself is a form of sexual violence. So so oh, their their argument yeah. is not that it it leads to sexual, but that it is of itself a form of sexual violence. Okay. So that's one view of pornography, one feminist view. But anyway, okay, yes, so that's yes, that's yes. Uh, feminism view on pornography number one. Okay. Number two is the, I don't like it, but because I like freedom of speech, I won't say that you can't do it or look at it. The second view really focuses on, you know, it's women's bodies, women's choice. If they want to do that, they can. If people want to look at it. But there's this whole, like, air about that particular category that's, like, in the same way that if someone says something offensive then you might say, oh, I don't agree with what that person says, but I defend their right to say it. Right. And so that particular view of pornography, it comes down to that the idea of freedom of speech is more important than how icky you might find it. So do the people that have this viewpoint, they're mm-hmm. just saying they, they object to it as a matter of taste? No, no. And they're not necessarily, I'm not saying that they necessarily they do object, object to it. it. I'm saying they that... They don't watch it? I mean, like, that's not like a... This is strike me as a feminist position. I mean, it fits into that whole, like, it's a woman's body, it's a woman's choice, you can do it if you want to. I may not like it, but I want you to be able to do it. And obviously within that, there would be people who are like, I think it's, I like it and I want you to be able to do it. Okay. So, but the, but okay. the, the I think thing that... will make more sense when I hear the third. Yeah. The thing that makes <laughs> it a separate category is this idea of, like, what's the most important is that it's about... Freedom okay, and freedom of speech, and that that is the thing that we want to protect. That everyone has this freedom of speech, and we're not willing to 
put a wall around pornography and say freedom of speech doesn't apply in that case. Okay. The third kind of feminist take on it is that it's it's really the most like pro pornography view of the three. Okay. It says pornography is totally fine. It can be good for women. Women can also be consumers of pornography. This third feminist view of pornography takes a very sex positive approach and says the kind of demonization of sex and the compartmentalization of it as this like scary, dark, nasty, secretive thing is part of the weaponry that's u- that's been used to dominate and subjugate women. The a way that women have been vilified has right. been pointing out their sexuality. And so anything that smacks of that same kind of sex is bad and anyone who has anything to do with sex is bad, kind of negative sex view, they're like, we want no part of that. Sex can be a wonderful thing. There's nothing wrong with pornography. In fact, there are a lot of things that are right with pornography. So those are the three kind of basic feminist takes on pornography. One, totally bad. One, we may not like it, but we support the a woman's freedom to choose to do that. Mm-hmm. And then a third one, like, what the hell are we even talking about? What's wrong with pornography? Well, I'm ready to say which one I would like fourth-wave <laughs> feminism. Let me guess. To embrace. I'm going to guess option number three. That is right. And in fact, that is the, that's the view that I would take also. And I did a lot of, like, soul-searching about this whole issue, like from previous conversations that we had, because I do have a visceral response that is like pornography, bad, pornography, bad to women, sexual objectification, bad. And again, it's that there's this whole like spectrum of pornography and you can read about terrible, terrible things, you know, and I don't want to, you know, I also listen to Savage Love podcast and I don't want to come down on anyone's kinks, but I do when it gets into like the whole domination subjugation thing and the the and I, and I also don't have the numbers of how much porn out there is about is, is about power plays and yeah. and violence and and forcing and things like that yeah where I really would think about like the person in the video or in the picture and be like how can you make that and not be in some way violated hmm. whereas I, I can totally envision and have seen Pornography that where I'm not worried about the people who are in it. Participating. Yeah. yeah. To me, it feels like there's a line of what is okay to ask someone to do. But if someone is going into it really and truly, like, of their own volition, yeah. with all of this amount of choice, then, like, that is a totally different thing. But we're going we're gonna to get to that in okay. just a moment. So we've just talked about different uh, feminist takes on pornography and now I want us to get into a couple of the more specific issues related to pornography before we move on to what would ethical pornography look like. So fourth, we can agree that, that fourth wave feminism is on board with ethical pornography. I am willing to say yes. All right. So, look out so there future. we are. <laughs> All right, so the question is, 
How do we get there? Now that we know where we're going, fourth wave feminism embraces ethical porn. How do we get there? Well, before we talk about getting there, let's right. go back a little bit and just talk about what those, because we're on board, right? right? But there are people who are not on board. And I think before we can move forward, we need to look a little bit more How do we get them at, at what the, or at just understanding their position. Like, what are the objections? What's their problem? What is their, you know, like, <laughs> what is their idea of what is wrong with porn? Right. How can they be so wrong? <laughs> you, wow. like, you can state it your way. Okay. Um, so the first like, big objection that people tend to have is that it makes women sexual objects. It's, it's objectification. It turns them into objects for male sexual pleasure rather than human beings. Now, we've talked about this before. Yes, we have. Do we want to go into this? Because it's a hard one for me. I'm like, I don't understand that. What does that mean? Like, I think of somebody as an object when I watch porn? I don't right. understand. I don't think I do. That's seems less hot to me. Like, I think it's hotter to think of them as a person. Right. The concern is that it dehumanizes them. So if you think of them as an object, if you think of them as, like, that is a tool to get me off. Do you know what I mean? Like, you're not thinking of them as a human being. <laughs> you're thinking of them as, uh, as an object that does something for you. I don't know. This, I'm just uh, trying to explain what I think the thought process is. Getting it. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the the idea is that like you don't like to think that someone is looking at you purely from like a use right standpoint. Right, right, right. But you get that idea, right? Like right. if because okay, yeah. you are yeah, a tall yeah, yeah. person, so if someone just saw you as the guy who gets the things down from the high shelves, yeah, or the guy like, who changes the light bulbs, I can read too. I can read to you. <laughs> Come on. All right. Use me better. <laughs> so another uh, objection is this idea that uh, that pornography leads to violence, to, leads to more violence against women. Sure. Many studies have been done about this, and I don't think, uh, I don't believe that any of them have found any concrete evidence that, that pornography does lead to violence. Most of the ones that I was seeing cited were saying there's no pattern that you can point to. That's, that says one way or another. And it is, it's, it seems to be similar to the argument um, about violent video game, like watching violent video games leading to, you know, violent behavior in kids. And I, I feel like that generally has been debunked as a, as, an, as a direct causal relationship. Like you watch violent video games and you come, become more violent. What I've heard is that you watch violent video games and it alters your thresh your perception of re of what is normal so mm -hmm. it changes your idea of what l amount of violence is normal which doesn't necessarily mean that you will be more violent it just sort of like changes what your thresholds are and i could see a similar thing with pornography yeah. if like i don't know if you're a major consumer of pornography that i could see that potentially altering your threshold idea of what is the place of women in the world okay. or the or the degree of like sexualization of women in your in your world that i could see say like yeah like 90 percent of the women i see on a daily basis <laughs> are sexualized right to me that one is more of like it's less that i'm concerned that pornography leads to violence against women and more that uh, my concern would be that 
excessive consumption of pornography would distort someone's view of what reality is as far as the relationship between men and women. Because, <laughs> how to say, of the pornography that I have seen, the relationships between men and women in that pornography right. does not represent anything remotely resembling the real world. And I'm sure it's not supposed to. Well, I mean, right. Well, yeah, yeah, there's fancy. But, like, people often say, uh, haters, let's call them, of uh, <laughs> pornography, that they're like, ah, the porn's like this or it's like that. But, like, there's so much out there and there's so many varieties that I, I always feel like, look, you got to find the kind that's right for you. Because <laughs> if you're looking at someone else's porn, and there, yeah. there's porn out there for everybody. <laughs> and uh, I, there's lots of porn that, as a porn fan, I would be like, I will not watch that. And yeah. under any circumstance, you know, as much as I can avoid it, I would try to. I wouldn't want to say, like, porn is blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Having not seen all the porn. Right. Well, <laughs> Once I see all the porn. I, I mean, the, the fact that, because I did look up um, at some point how much porn is aimed at heterosexual men versus homosexual men versus heterosexual women and homosexual women. Right. And the, it's like the order of magnitude towards heterosexual men is huge sure. i mean it's literally like pages and pages of just the names of magazines for heterosexual men yeah. and then some fewer amount of pages for homosexual men and then like six for women <laughs> and two for uh really? homosexual women. yeah it's literally like more homosexual women than, than, heterosexual. than heterosexual no so anyway that's that's just that is just like yeah. i'm talking about like the whole Speaking picture the of market yes yeah. of like if you're looking at like what's out there then i feel like you're gonna get a skewed view of the world okay all right so that that was the second thing so then the third um sort of major chunk of like what is people's issue with pornography is this question of how is it produced? What are the circumstances of the people in it, not just the women, but all of the people in it? Like sure. what brings them to that state? And it's very easy to get into, the, again, that negative vision of like, oh, it must be desperate like, they must be so desperate in that to be selling their bodies in that way. And I don't necessarily think that you have to hate yourself in order <laughs> to do porn, but I do think it's really hard to get an accurate picture of what someone's real choice is. Like if you're talking to someone who's like, hey, look, I can make a lot more money doing this than I can being a secretary, that to me is not yay for porn. That's why do, are we valuing people's work so little? Well, here's what I have to say about that. Okay. Because I've heard this argument, and you hear it with strippers as well. Yeah, well, yeah. Male totally. or female strippers. That the reason they're there, and that, you know, men are often saying, like, no, you're there because you can be, and it's funny, and it's silly, and no one's degrading you. Or people are degrading you, but it's all, like, in good fun, right? Right. But female strippers, it's like, no, no, people are degrading you. Like, part of the attraction is that you're so worthless, you know? So, like, the only, uh, is the argument. That's not what I think. So, so we often say, like, you know, you would have to be desperate in order to put yourself in that situation, or you're, you're like, sold into sex slavery. I feel like the whole sex trafficking seems to me to be more prostitution-oriented. But again, I have no well, evidence there's, beyond my own. There definitely is 
bad porn out there that comes from sex trafficking. Sex trafficking. Like there is bad, bad stuff. Has, I mean, there's obviously there's child pornography. There's oh, all yes, kinds yes, of stuff yes, out yes, there. Yes, yes. I don't you know, count that as in a in the spectrum. Like there is totally stuff that's like a crime. Right. Or that is based on a crime. And that's well, like, I think, that's off the table of like what we're even talking about. Because okay. obviously things that were made as the product of a crime is not, not what, we what we're talking about. We're talking about the end of the spectrum that is at least legal. Right. So imagine, if you will, um, a bunch of Puritans sitting around saying, yes. I can't believe you would do porn. That's so wrong. And then a, a, a porn star saying, like, oh, God, these Puritans are making me feel really bad, <laughs> you know? Now imagine the same porn star surrounded by a bunch of sex-positive people who says, oh, you do porn? I have no objection to that. It sounds like a pretty economically intelligent choice for you. Right. Like, not everyone could do it, right? Or stripping, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. Not everyone can be a stripper. Like, if you're choosing to be a stripper over being, say, a janitor or working fast food, um, it's not... A, you know, like, that's not something you're forced into. Like, you would say, oh, well, maybe this isn't my dream job, you know? And it's kind of like, okay, I don't work at my dream job, you know? Like, the, the thing that makes it, the only reason the question of desperation comes in is because we're such a sex-negative society, is my argument. Okay, I I see that. All right. And I will grant you your Puritan versus sex-positive thing. All right. My question is, like, what if you have someone who's like, you know, I mean, if you offered someone the choice of, like, you can make $100 a day as a secretary, or you can make $100 a day as a stripper, which would you want to be? And my suspicion sure. is that most people would choose to be a secretary for $100 a day versus being, you know, that if, like, the money wasn't the issue, that, and whether that's because we live in a sex-negative society, I don't know. But, like, to me, there feels something a little bit false about this idea of, okay. like, I'm ch like if it's something that you feel enough right. bad about that you need to be paid a lot of money to, to get justify. over your bad feeling about it, like, there's something in that that just feels like, yeah, no, that, that's, a very that's good not okay. thought experiment. Okay, you might have me there, because that makes sense, like... Um, and I, do, you know, I think it's a fair question to say, like, if we lived in a fourth wave feminism, I would hope would uh, help us become a sex positive society enough yes, to the point absolutely. where there would be no stigma around being a stripper. And so that if the hundred dollars stripper secretary option were offered to somebody, they would choose based on how they'd like to spend their day. Right. Um, but not at all based on how everyone's going to view me or how I'm going to view myself Right. Dot, dot, dot. But I think you're right. At this point, I think you have a case to say that the what makes it an economically intelligent decision is is that you are paid so much more. Um, I think though right. that right, and that what we're paying for is the you to get over it. Yeah, to get <laughs> over the sense of degradation or or whatever. Whatever. That, like the fact that there is this, this much yeah. money attached to it. Like, is making up for something. Okay. And so that's where it just starts to feel like... We're paying you to... Yeah, to do something that... You wouldn't... That you wouldn't accept do. less for. Exactly. Aha, interesting. Right. Micro-objections. Let's call them micro-objections. <laughs> okay. 
All right, so those are the... Uh, you just blew uh, my mind. I have a lot to think about Okay, now. you think about that while I introduce some of the positive... So we, we explored this uh, idea of what people might object to in pornography. And just to throw out a couple of things on the other side of the positives okay. from, you know, reading I've done and our own experience... There's uh, the idea that pornography can actually provide information for women, particularly in in cultures where or in circumstances where women don't get a lot of information about sex, and it's not something that people necessarily it's not something necessarily that women talk about, not the women that I hang out <laughs> with, and so pornography can be a way of like of of learning about options and possibilities that you might not have been aware of otherwise. Right. It's, it's, that's a way that pornography could specifically serve women. It also can act as, I don't know, like a, a substitute for more dangerous behavior so that rather than acting out on something that is dangerous or that might uh, impose your will on, on someone else. So you're saying it can be a release? Yeah, yes. Yeah. Yes, Unless depending, you consider the person... Depending on how the initial... Pornography was a- arrived at. It can be, yes, a victimless... In a, in a world of ethical porn, <laughs> it could act as a victimless yes. way to explore a fantasy. Right. All right, so ethical porn, what does it look like? That's what we're going to talk about now. What does ethical porn look like? Well, here's my question. To me, it's cruelty-free. Cruelty-free porn. So give me some examples of the porn industry as it stands today, to your knowledge, of practices you would like to see ended. Well, definitely people who are coerced or tricked into having pictures taken that they're not aware of. Oh, it's a crime. Yeah, we said no crime. Oh, that's crime's true. Crime's off the table. Crime is off the table. All right, once crime is off the table... Then the compensation is, you know, it's like the level of choice going into it. Like, are you truly choosing, yes, I want to be in this porn film because I enjoy sex, I enjoy showing my body, whatever. Or I'm choosing to do this because I can make a lot of money that I couldn't make otherwise that I really need right now. Okay. And just... I don't know. And again, I don't know a lot about how pornography gets made. I don't know what it's like. I have this, you know, feminist vision in my head. <laughs> of how bad it is. Of it being bad. Yeah. And I'm sure that there are places where it is and there's places where it's not. And I'm just saying, for me, ethical pornography needs to be on that end of the spectrum towards the people who are there because they want to be there. And they don't feel in any way pressured by society or economic circumstances to do something that they are not 100% excited about doing in the way that I want to be 100% excited about my job. So you would object to somebody being a software salesperson because they got paid so much money. Like it's not something they like to do. They feel like they're compromising their values. They feel like they're giving up on their other dreams, but they just can't say no to the money. The money is dragging them into work every day. And that, you know, the money makes up, you know, like for them and they're soul searching, they're conflicted. They're like, I hate my job. I hate my daily life, but the money is so good. And where else could I make this much money? You know, 
you would be sort of like, this is an unethical situation for this person. I would not like that situation for that person. I don't know if I would say it's an unethical situation, but like to me, there's something that's just a little bit different about something as personal. Right. There's like the, this... The, the presence of sexuality in the yeah. equation makes it feel like a value is being compromised. Right. That, or that, not. That like, makes the feminism side of our brains kick up. Right. Or And it's if someone like doesn't have that objection, value. do you know what I mean? Like if someone didn't feel that reservation, then... I would feel okay about that. It's like the idea of someone having that reservation, having that feeling of, oh, I really don't want to do this, but the money's so good. Like, to me, there's a degree of, oh, I really don't want to do this porn, but the money's so good. That is beyond the, oh, I really don't want to write code for 12 <laughs> hours, but I'll do it for the money. There's more of a downside. Well, yeah, with what you're saying, because when you're done writing the code, you're done forever. But when you're done with a movie, the movie's around forever, so it's you're right. never really free of it to some extent. Yeah, I feel like I don't I don't want to put someone in, in that spot. position. You don't know if someone's parent is ill and they desperately need the right. money well, for some. Do you know what I mean? Get. So, because here's the thing: what I'm saying. Yes. I'm saying want to be sex positive enough. Once fourth wave feminism has uh, flourished, we're sex positive enough to, that the fact that it's pornography or stripping is no longer it doesn't have with all these uh, the, this the stigma to it exactly right because i agree we don't like when people are we want to give people other options that's what it is is we want to make sure that this person so long as they as we know they have other ways right to um care for their loved ones mm -hmm. or themselves that don't involve compromising their values no matter what those values are they could have super crazy ridiculous values right Depending how crazy we might put the kibosh on that, we might be like, no, no, shut up. But yes, if, if, if you felt like the, the person isn't trapped right. in, well, I can do this, or... No, okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, I like this. I like where we're going. Fourth wave feminists would not find porn, desperation porn, let's call it. <laughs> yes. Attractive. No. We, so, that, so desperation porn is not ethical porn. Right. We've done it. <laughs> we know what it isn't. It's not desperate. Porn made it from a state of desperation. It's not ethical. Right. This is great. All right. So We've that. Well, that covers the situation of the people making the performers. Porn, the performers. Now here comes like the bigger question, the one that gets into this whole free speech. Everyone has their own kink. Whatever. Is there a content of porn that we would consider? unethical that's not a crime right that's not a crime not counting child pornography right animals i say no there is not no everything in the state of fantasy and fiction is and that is not a crime you can even depict crimes with consenting adults in a state of fantasy and fiction i watch lots of television and movies that <laughs> involve fictional crimes yes Yes, as do I. This is where uh, I have a hard time crossing that, that Rubicon of being okay with the free speech of things that I would find personally objectionable. Well, let me help. I think I could help. <laughs> please, please help. <laughs> please help if ease my objections. If the sexual aspect were removed, would you have an objection? Mugger beat someone up in a movie. Right. Violence, crime. Yeah, totally. Adding to the... the 
lexicon of well, violent images I in a world that doesn't do have an objection to I would like to think that we as human beings would progress toward a point when violence was less ubiquitous the content that I would be concerned about it's, I don't care about the weird things or the feet things or the any of that it's like when we get into the realm of violence in the porn content and just like the ugh. There is just what, to me, is awful stuff out there. It's the stuff, even if you're like, yeah, yay, I'm gung-ho to do this gang rape scene. I'm yeah. excited about it. Like, I just feel, and it's... I, can't, I, can't, I, can't, I can't do it. Like, <laughs> not only can I not watch it, not only do I not want to imagine what it was like to make it, there is a part of me that wants to say, why do we need that in the world? Why does anyone need that? And I know that that makes me not a total, like, sex-positive freedom person. That's okay. Hey, listen, the fourth wave, you know? It's hard to ride the fourth wave. It is. It's, hard. it's easy to ride the third wave. You can just be like, whatever. I think this and then not that because it's this day. Blah. But no, wow, it's hard to was... ride the fourth wave. <laughs> Too offensive. So. Yeah. Basically what I'm hearing your objection is. Mm hmm creating a world where those things are more accepted and, and and like blurring the line between fantasy and reality. And it's, I mean, it's not even that I would be afraid that someone who watches that kind of porn would then want to go out and do it. Like that's right. not even, that's I'm, been, that's, we've addressed that. Yeah. And maybe it's just not my cup exactly. of tea. Yeah. Therefore I don't have to watch it and I don't, have to yeah. participate in it or be a part of it, and the people who do can go on and do that. The this the finding gratification in the humiliation of another person. Right. How is fourth wave feminism <laughs> going to be okay with that? Yeah. Now, honestly, I do think that it's it's safe for fourth wave feminism to claim that we would accept that, but once total equality has taken over, right, that, that there, it won't be attractive anymore, right? Because, because whatever, like, yeah, yeah. yeah, whatever button it's pushing won't be connected to anything. Okay, we're going to recap what we've done so far in this expanded podcast. We started off talking about the three prevalent feminist views of pornography and decided that fourth wave feminism is on board with the third vision, the sex positive vision of por pornography that says there's nothing wrong with it, there's porn for everyone, and hooray for porn. Right. We spent a little bit of time talking about what people's objections are to porn, why everyone is not on board with it, and, um, and responding to those objections. Then we decided that for, as far as fourth wave feminism is concerned, Ethical porn is where we want to be. And for us, ethical porn means no one who's making it decided to do so because they were desperate and they needed the money. Then we got to the difficult question of content. Jason feels that there is no content that is not ethical for ethical porn. That and, is true. And I think that that is the appropriate sex positive response to that question but i'm having still a really hard time with the 
thin part of the spectrum of legal porn that's out there that involves violent, non-consensual, or humiliation porn. Yeah, I still have, just have a hard time saying, that's ethical porn? All right. And so this is the section of the podcast where we talk about how do we get to the future that we want. Right. So The future of ethical porn. Future of ethical porn. So I think if we can get Sarah to accept... The thing she seems so unwilling, you know, like she's get she gets it, but I think if we can get you there so that you, you know, we overcome whatever this hang up is, then like other people will be like, because if you can get over this, Surely. anyone else should be able to get over anything else. And I'm still even resistant to this idea that I need to get over anything. Thinking of making the, the analogy to like violent films. There's a set of violent horror films, like the Saw movies, that I do not like. I would not ever want to see them myself. And I kind of have a hard un time understanding people who find them enjoyable. They just seem so unpleasant to me. But at the same time, I understand that there are people who find them enjoyable, so... I guess I'm okay with the Saw movies, but it's the Saw movie version of porn that <laughs> that's where I feel like, do I have to be okay with that? Can I just not like it? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. You definitely do not have to like it or watch it or anything like that. But in a way, you have to, like, accept it. Like, you would defend it from a free speech standpoint. <laughs> but, oh, wait. Would you defend it from a yes, free speech? Yes, I would defend it from a free speech standpoint. But then we're going we're then we're getting into that second vision yes, that's of what I'm saying. porn where it's like, ah, it's freedom of speech, but I don't like it, but I will defend it based on the freedom of it. Is right. that enough? Can I No. <laughs> <laughs> that's the second view. Right. I'm trying to embrace How the third we... view. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... All right, this is your job. All right. It's your job to make it happen. Is it... Because, like... I think it's possible. Okay. So what is your concern? What what I'm talking about, again, if, just in case it's not clear, is like gang rape porn. Right. Where it's not, like, the campy fun kind of gang rape porn. <laughs> but... <laughs> but, you know, like, the kind that, that's trying to make it look like it's real. Right. We're, we're right on the cusp of it. So I have an idea on okay. how to get you there. Hopefully I won't forget it. But let me ask you first, <laughs> what is the harm to society? I guess I, I must admit that I cannot put my finger on a harm to society. It's just that when we're talking about, like, what is ethical. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I think I, I, think okay. I can get so check it out. It's not bad for society, right? Mm -hmm. The people who are doing it and viewing it do get something out of it, okay? Because yes. it's ethical in our in our version here. It's ethical. Yes. So so let's say that these people are so, you know, oppression culture, right? Mm -hmm. Domination culture has sunk its uh, hooks in so deep or whatever. Right. That will say there's a whole power play thing that's at work, that's plugged into people's erotic imagination. Right. And so the thing that it does do is provide them with an outlet and a release and a way to feel these things. It's hooked up now to these experiences. Yes. So it's doing something good for them. Yes. And it's not a bad thing for anybody else. Right. So we like that. Now, a story you can tell yourself to help okay. include it. Once upon a time. Once upon a time. 
there was domination culture mm -hmm. and it it's the power dynamics involved in domination culture are so gigantic mm -hmm. that this is a byproduct of that culture the safe positive way that these fictional movies are being enacted provides some relief to domination culture and so as you heal domination culture not so much relief will be necessary okay yeah Yes. That story works? That story works for me. Yes. I think it worked. But all of that is predicated on this idea that we are moving, moving forward. forward, that yeah. we're moving away from domination culture. Yes. While we're still in domination culture. I think that's really the big thing, is that it, it feels like this concentrated expression of the yeah. unfortunate reality that we're in. And if the reality that we're in is more fortunate, more partnership, more egalitarian, more all of those things, then that thin wedge right. of the spectrum will feel more like, oh yeah, that's the little exception. Yeah, and I, I think that's a good way to think of it, as it, it is like the most laser-specific manifestation of all of these aspects of our society today. So if you want it to go away and you you can want it to go away because it represents. It's not that it's negative. It's that it represents something negative. Yes. It's like a lump or a tumor. The lump <laughs> isn't the problem. The tumor is the problem. Right. So how do we get to this more sex positive view of the world? Because the whole the sex positive view of the world is necessary for both parts of our equation as far as arriving at ethical porn. Right? In order for people not to be doing it out of a sense of... Well, I think we just did that. You are now more <laughs> sex positive than you were seven minutes ago. Did that take me seven minutes? Because I, I was hurrying. So, so you're... you're more sex positive now. Yes. So I think if we can get everyone to accept pornography and people's sexuality and even the aspects of pornography that are not harmful to society as being manifestations of aspects of society we don't like but not wrong mm -hmm. i think that embracing pornography and fantasy are ways forward are there other ways or well, other overthrow domination culture <laughs> <laughs> or yes. replace it with partnership culture yes but yes that's and we're working on part that of a grander conversation also but i'm thinking of of our our calls to action oh so i suppose the first step is for everyone to ask themselves how sex positive are you? Yeah. What are my hangups? Mm -hmm. Everyone could go watch porn that makes them severely uncomfortable. <laughs> and then think, good for them. <laughs> <laughs> and if you can do that. <laughs> if you can do that, you're on your way. <laughs> I would never do that. <laughs> <laughs> what, watch porn that made you feel uncomfortable? No. Porn is it's, only supposed to be a positive experience. <laughs> yes. Do you have any other thoughts or ideas? I think if you're not looking at porn, go find porn that works for you. And if you get a chance to treat a stripper like a person, <laughs> I guess. I don't yeah. know. Like, I still don't know who's not treating strippers like people. Is there something about talking about it more and not having it be this kind of shameful, secretive thing? I don't know. I guess... <laughs> if you're feeling brave, ask your mother what she thinks of porn.
<laughs> These call to actions are impossible. <laughs> All right, well, what's more possible? I don't know. I mean, do you think that that is not being able or being not willing or being uncomfortable talking about sex and pornography and all of that is part of our sex negative that's one of the manifestations of our sex negative culture so maybe a way to move towards a more sex positive culture is for us to all just get over it and act like we live in a sex positive culture fake it till we make it strategy yeah. and or at least to to test the waters and if you find yourself in a moment thinking oh i can't say that i can't admit to that yeah if you're in a safe place okay. with the same person yeah. pushing yourself to to say yeah i think that actually that to not could have be the that key. embarrassed like no i don't i don't watch porn Do right. you know what i mean yeah like, yeah yeah because many people say that they don't but they've done like however many studies to show that everybody does or right has at least once yeah at least I think that's the ticket. And I also kind of feel like this is naturally happening anyway, mm -hmm. without too much help, because the internet is around everybody in America. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah, so I think that's, I think that is the prescription. All right, so here we are, changing the subject to what we're going to talk about <laughs> next week. Normally, it would be Jason's turn to pick next. But we decided to use Jason's pick for a special event that we have coming up, which I'm going to tell you about right now. We, and when I say we, I mean New Suit Theater Company, the company that is in some small way sponsoring this podcast. <laughs> we are a theater company, and we require funds to do the work that we do. In order to raise those funds, we're having a fundraiser, and it's called the Informathon. It will be on Thursday, May the 17th at 7 p.m. at the Hop Leaf, which is on Clark Street, just south of Boston. At the Informathon, we'll have a number of interesting presenters talking about interesting things. And one of the exciting things that we're going to do is that Jason and I are going to record a section of the podcast live in front of the audience. So at the Informathon, we're talking about descriptive representation, yeah. right? So that's J Jason's pick, which will be at the Informathon. So that's that, and we hope that if you're listening to this, that you'll be able to come and join us, because it's going to be fun. There will be drinks to buy and lots of information about interesting subjects, and you'll get to watch the magic that is the podcast happening before your very eyes. Before that, though, we will be talking about sports, feminism and sport, and how sports fit into a fourth wave feminist world is there room for sports at all is there room for male only sports and female only sports does it all have to be co-ed what's the deal with feminism and sports in a fourth wave feminist world and i will say that this topic sarah chose it and i felt like what are we going to disagree about but we've already recorded that episode and it's tremendous like i really it kind of blew my mind, honestly. The other thing I will tell you about, speaking of New Suit Theater Company, is some people have expressed to us a desire to respond, which is so, sort of rude, because we're just <laughs> trying to tell you how to live, and it'd be better if you just obeyed. But, um, but I understand, you know? 
Jason is joking. Just for in case anyone is not aware of Jason's special brand of humor. Sorry. He is joking about being dictatorial. (laughs) Yes, I'm a huge pushover, so that's why it's funny when I act. Hilarious. It's hilarious when you pretend that you're a jerk. (laughs) And so there's an opportunity to comment on the New Suit Theater Company Facebook page, which is also... The Fourth Wave Feminism podcast page. So use that page. Comment. Tell us what you think. Tell us that we're stupid. But I recognize that some of you will feel, New Suit Theater Company, that's not for me. I'm just trying to get to the Fourth Wave world with Sarah and Jason. And so to help you do that, you can circumvent the comment page. We hope you comment, of course. But now you can actually go directly to iTunes to get this podcast. So you never have to set foot in the the new suit world ever if you don't want. But it's a pretty good world. Yeah, why wouldn't you want to? Yeah, I wouldn't not want. I I do want to. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so people can comment on our Facebook page, which is New Suit Theater. And then our website is newsuittheater.com. Yeah. All one word. Thank you for listening. Thanks very much, everyone, for listening. Come to the Informathon. Woo!